Welcome to the PMA Path, where we focus on small changes that make big impacts. We talk about habits, hobbies, and actionable lifestyle choices that have helped us change for the better and have a mindset full of that PMA. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, PMAers? Uh, Today's episode is an excellent one. Uh, My guest is Joey Ellsmore. He's a professional jujitsu athlete from uh, the Portland area. He is 24 years old and he had a brain tumor in third grade. So we talk a little bit about his background for probably the first 20 minutes or so, his childhood, how having a brain tumor at such a young age impacts you, um, what that looks like, and how he overcame that to become a professional athlete who is, uh, you know, beating people up for a living. So it's really, really good. It builds momentum as we talk about in the episode. So the I'd say the second half is super powerful. So if you're looking for the gems, um, stick with it because I, this was one of my favorite podcasts to record and, uh, excited to share it with you all. So buckle up and get ready because, uh, episode five is solid. How's it going, man? Doing good, sir. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. And glad to have you, um, Joined today on the podcast by Joey Ellsmore, and I have to admit, I'm a little bit nervous because you're my first guest that um, I've never actually met before, other than uh, through a brief phone conversation. So I'm nervous, but I'm happy to have you and looking forward to uh, learning a bit more about your story and uh, seeing how your experiences and uh, life so far as a young man have, uh, have shaped you and, and, uh, put you on the path to betterment. So welcome. Thanks. I'm also nervous. So <laughs> should be fun. <laughs> there we go, man. Well, nerves are good. Nerves are good. Makes you feel alive. You know what I mean? Right. So what I'd like to do, man, is just kind of start at the beginning. Um, you know, your name, where you're from, kind of your backstory. And then I know there's Mm -hmm. some key points that we want to dig into a little bit more, but uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners. So uh, if you want to just dive into like, you know, where you grew up, what your, what your childhood was like, you know, some of the milestones that have sort of shaped you just for the listeners to get a good understanding of, of who you are and what you're about. I think that'd be a great place to start. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, born in uh, Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, lived here my whole life. I'm 24, 24 years old. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think the first mile, I'm trying to think, the first milestone to start at, um, I guess, uh, or a little more on my, yeah, a little more on my background maybe. Um so right now I'm a, like a professional jujitsu competitor, uh, meaning I, uh, compete in jujitsu tournaments. Um, but the, how I got into that is, uh, my dad actually, uh, was a soccer player 
And so growing up, like I was always into different sports, uh, not jujitsu uh, specifically, but uh, I played a little bit of everything. And um, I think uh, like how I got started into the combat sports and stuff like that would be a good way to go or a good way to start um, around like uh, third grade. Uh, oh, sorry. Shoot. <laughs> I've always uh, I like WWE. That was like the big thing for me. Uh, <laughs> not not really a true combat sport, but uh, yeah, I really like WWE. A lot, a lot of contact, though. A lot of contact. <laughs> right. Um, and so when uh, when I was in third grade, I had um, I had a brain tumor. And uh, that's like the big the big milestone. I guess my first big life event, if you will. Um, I was born with it. It's just a benign uh, ganglioglioma. If you want to get technical, I don't know what that means, but that's the official diagnosis. Um, and for whatever reason, after, uh, after I had my brain surgery, I just started, I decided to start, um, actually doing wrestling, um, not WWE wrestling, but, uh, uh, folk style wrestling. So, so, so time out for a sec. So you're in third grade. So you're like seven or eight, right? I have a fourth grader right now. Um, you have this tumor in your head. Was it like, just paint the picture a little bit for the listeners. Was it like, like, was it visible or was it internal? Mm. Yeah. Cause last, um, last time we talked, you joked that you're like, my parents just thought I had a big head, which is <laughs> funny to me. Cause I also have a big head. Like I'm literally on the last clasp on this hat that I have on right now. And it's, it's, you know, it's busting out <laughs> my head busting out of this thing. Uh, but I thought that was a funny way of putting it. Like, yeah, dude, I, I just thought I had a big head cause I had a brain tumor. <laughs> so was it like, visible from the outside or was it all internal and also and also how did they figure that out yeah that's yeah exactly um so yeah i just my, my parents just thought i had a big head you know um i was always told that growing up um but uh <laughs> one one day i don't know i think i just had like a random doctor visit and i think my mom mentioned it to uh to the doctor and so uh, initially, I guess they didn't like on previous doctor visits, they didn't think anything of it, but my mom actually was like, Hey, like, is, is this kid normal? Yeah. Um, and so moms always yeah, they, know, you know, moms know <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's, I don't know. She made that suggestion and, um, yeah, they ended up, uh, I think I had like an MRI or some kind of scan and then, um, yeah, it was actually an internal brain tumor. Um, I wish I knew the exact name of the part of the brain that it was located, but it's like on the the vision part of your brain, if you will. Okay. Um, for like eyesight. So. So did you did you have poor eyesight as a kid too, or had it not really affected that yet? I hadn't um, hadn't affected that yet. Uh, but after, yeah, after the surgery, uh, the only real side effect that I have, um, is that I, uh, my left eye, uh, I don't have peripheral vision really. I mean, I have it a little bit, but yeah. Cool. That's, uh, that's a big deal, man. That's a pretty important, I guess, impactful, uh, situation as a 
young kid basically uh to go through so that's pretty pretty intense man um all right so thanks for kind of running people through that so you get the brain tumor you get it removed and then that's where we were at when we, when i stopped you so continue sir yeah um yeah so i had that removed and then um I'm I'm trying to remember what exactly inspired oh yeah WWE but yeah it's uh it's kind of it's kind of great I guess it's it's wild that I decided to wrestle where I wanted to wrestle and my parents were definitely not in favor of it um you know the the doctors told me like I shouldn't play contact sports but uh for whatever reason oh yeah no I I actually thought that uh I had never actually watched collegiate wrestling or like any kind of like competitive wrestling. I just saw professional wrestling. I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And so <laughs> when I, when I started, uh, then I started and it was like, it was nothing like WWE at right, all. Right. Um, and so from there, my, I don't know, my mind was, uh, like it was opened up to a lot of different things. But, were you, uh, were you wondering like where the ropes are and where's the tables and the chairs that you get to smash over people? totally where's totally. the cage dude there's no like flying moves or backflips yeah. but... where's vince yeah. mcmahon that's crazy <laughs> so so you get into what'd you call it um what kind of wrestling did you call it oh it's folk style that's folk style uh, okay yeah is that like greco-roman kind of or is that a different segment it's a different segment um okay and just briefly in the Olympics, there's, uh, there's Greco and then freestyle. I'm, I'm not, I believe there's folk style in the Olympics as well, Mm -hmm. but I know that college wrestling for the most part is folk style wrestling. So that's, um, generally the most, uh, popular type of wrestling. Okay. Got it. And so how long did you wrestle for? Yeah, I wrestled from, I wrestled like from fourth grade to the middle of my sophomore year in high school. Um, and I actually ended up quitting in the middle of my sophomore season. So, and what was dry? Why'd you quit? Yeah. I, I think, uh, at that time, uh, as most, most, most kids are, uh, just, um, I was kind of, I was immature and, uh, I think, I, I liked it, but it was it wrestling is just a really tough sport. And so for me, I uh, I ended up using like my brain tumor as an excuse to stop more or less. Um, you know, I felt I did have like there was fear in my mind, you know, from the like, I was like, OK, the doctors told me I shouldn't do this or this isn't good for me. And so like I kind of felt that and I. I kind of exaggerated the fear, if you will, you know, I let it, uh, I let it consume me, I think. Huh. Interesting. That's, uh, that's interesting because you went from, you know, fourth grade on, right. Not really. I mean, maybe you were fearful, but you were still doing it. And then having, having the thought to like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit wrestling. And, and, you know, I mean, any sport, any coach will be on their players, especially I feel, well, I don't know, but I would assume um, any coach would, would be, you know, disappointed or 
talking shit for lack of a better term. If, a, if a kid, which is what you are in high school, uh, mm. quits, right? Like quitting is you know, never quit, never quit. <laughs> right. But, uh, it's funny that you say that because I've heard a lot of stories about people that have kind of done the similar thing and, you know, I, I remember I quit baseball in junior year of high school because I wasn't getting any playing time. And then we were getting punished for some thing that happened. And uh, I was just like, fuck this, man. I'm not playing. And you're making me run, you know, laps. Like, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. And I remember that vividly in my memories of high school. Like, the coach was so pissed and disappointed and was like, you're going to be a quitter for the rest <laughs> of your life, blah, blah, blah. And that shit stuck with me, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, till later on, kind of overcoming that self-doubt and finally doing things all the way through. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think uh, I, you know, I'm torn on the concept of quitting because it's like you don't want to do things that you're not enjoying or you're not seeing value for yourself in. But as a kid, you know, where do you draw that line, especially when you're raising your own kids or, you know, doing other things like you don't want to you don't want to cultivate giving up because something's tough, but it's OK to change directions, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, it's yeah, changing directions and uh, giving up and quitting are not the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Sorry to sidebar there, no. but. So you're, you're, your sophomore year, you stop wrestling mid season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I stopped, I stopped wrestling and, uh, I basically, I just started playing video games all day, every day, <laughs> more or less. Um, just, uh, which game <laughs> I was really big into league of legends. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was my game. So you're you go from wrestler to gamer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh just just like you said, where it's like your your coach was like really like <laughs> for just to sum it up, he was disappointed in me. Uh I can imagine, especially <laughs> in such a male driven, you know, alpha testosterone laced sport like wrestling or football or you know, it's like it's like the, the cardinal sin, right? hmm Yeah, totally. No, I, I had um since I started, he was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> pissed. Uh, when I was, uh, since I had started young too, um, like the program I was in, it was the Southridge uh, wrestling program. Uh, the coaches like knew me from like a younger age too, so they kind of knew right. me as I was going into high school. And so, like, not that I was like some prodigy or anything like that. I was definitely, I was far from that. But um, for sure, there was like, yeah, they had expectations for me. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah which maybe thinking about it now that that expectations and the pressure you know that on top of the that just gave me more fear on top of the you know whatever my doctor was telling me of course um of course but yeah i think uh yeah learning like trying to get a handle on that stuff um at such a young age too it's just like it's not possible by yourself you know and i wasn't really talking to anybody about it it was just all internal dialogue yeah well you're a you're a young man and young men don't talk about their feelings (laughs) right i mean that's kind of the historical 
consensus. So that makes total sense to me, man. Total sense. Okay, cool. Uh, so what happens after that? You're gaming. You're playing League of Le- Legions. Legion of Leg? What was it called? I don't know, dude. I'm not a gamer. <laughs> all of, all, it's all good. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's League of okay. Legends. But League of Legends. <laughs> and you're, you're doing that for a couple years. You mentioned last time we were chatting that uh, you started going down the wrong path, which... Mm. If you yeah. care to elaborate, would be fine. If you don't want to, that's fine as well. But yeah, yeah. With, I mean, without going into too much detail, just I think hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I guess every kind. I mean, not to like uh, specifically say like, oh, the community I was in was toxic or anything right. like that. But um, I I was just choosing to hang out uh, with a certain. Uh, a certain culture or a certain vibe, you know, that, uh, was not the most positive. Um, and so I think like, to elaborate, it's like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with being like being a competitive gamer for some people. That's I, you know, maybe that's their thing, you know, who am I to say like, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. But, um, ultimately like the habits that I was cultivating and like the life, um, the, my day-to-day experience was not, like I wasn't, uh, I wasn't growing as much as I could be, I mm-hmm. think. Um, <clears throat> was that something that you recognized or, um, like how did, how did you kind of make the switch? Yeah. Um, there were two big things for me, um, uh, at the end of high school, my senior year. So I guess I was, uh, how old is that? That's like 18 probably. Yeah. Right. Um, I, (laughs) one, one thing is like, I remember always having like an upset stomach at school just from like not sleeping and eating bad food. Um, and just like my mind was, was all over the place. I couldn't, I couldn't focus. Um, and so I, like I physically and mentally felt like horrible actually, to be honest. Um, and it isn't until like, like now when I'm on the other end where it's like, I am sleeping well, I am eating well to where I can like recognize right. uh, the difference. Right. Um, and then the other thing that made me make the switch, the, I think the big one is like, I, I graduated with like, I think it was like a 1.7 GPA and they let, they, like, they, I they let you out like that. Yeah. They're just probably happy to get the, rid of you, man. No, I'm just kidding. Totally. <laughs> no you're uh yeah no totally um and uh i i just knew i wasn't gonna go to college was the big thing like i just i i could i like i i definitely did not have the math credits to even graduate high school so it's like taking a a college level math i don't know how i graduated i literally don't know but um taking a college uh like courses i just knew i couldn't do it you know um or I knew it wasn't for me. It's not that I couldn't right. do it. It just wasn't going to be for me. I just, I, I don't know how I knew that, but I just, based on my experience. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, I was reflect, I just had to reflect a lot. Um, and one of the big, uh, triggers, if you will, um, is my, my dad, he actually gave me this book. It's called, uh, be the best you that you can be. 
And that was really my introduction to like self personal development or like self help um, or PM, PMA, uh, if you there will. There you go. So. Nice plug. Uh, <laughs> so your dad gave you this book because your dad, you said, went to, did he play collegiate uh, soccer? Is that what you said? Yes. So, correct. And yeah. So he was obviously um, a college educated person. Uh, you know, watching his son maybe go through a rough patch, if you will. Uh, and one, it was like, I, I can imagine trying to figure out, like, how do I how do I help my kid? You know, just like the book title, be the best him that he can be. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a fine line, right? Like, you don't want to push too hard because you don't want your kid to push back and, you know, create more of a divide, but also you don't want to give up either. So not that, not that you are in like the darkest of dark, but you know, mm-hmm. it's uh challenging as a parent to, to see your kids struggle. So, so your dad gives you the book. Is, is he uh, into this kind of stuff or is that just kind of, he just thought it would be a good idea to show you this book. Like, was he reading stuff like that? I you know I think he reads a little bit of it. Um, I know he like gets newsletters and emails mm-hmm. and things like that with uh with very much like a similar theme. But uh, he's not the most into reading that stuff. I he wasn't say. like preaching it to you guys as kids. Like, okay, right. yeah, cool. All right. So you get the book, you read the book, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm going to change my focus a little bit to, to what? Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember like I, I started just reading at school. Like I never, like, like I said, I just had horrible grades and, uh, like I, so I just started reading. Like I just like that book specifically. I remember just like at lunch, I would go sit by myself and I'd go read the book and, uh, people wouldn't make fun of me just cause I like, I don't like I had, I had friends, you know, but, um, but I like, I, I guess people did make fun of me a little bit. I was like, I was, a, I was a weird kid because I'm like, what is he doing? He's like reading all the time. Yeah. Like, um, and so that I don't like, but there was a weird thing where it's like, I was almost like proud of myself. Not like, not in like a like oh I'm better than them, but it's like I felt good about what I was doing. I felt good um, in my and be, being in my own skin for the first time, kind of. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, but that was like a really, uh, I guess, pa- like powerful experience for for me just to like recognize the the difference of like oh I'm doing I'm doing something for my like empowering for myself versus like um y- you know like like you uh or i don't know versus just hmm, doing something to look cool or look good and mm-hmm. i mean not not that that's why i was wrestling or whatever but it's like definitely that goes along with it where you're like oh i'm the tough guy yeah you know? like yeah you're you're doing what you know your surroundings are encouraging you to do and is sort of like expected of you so i think that says a lot about your character when you can go you know what this isn't serving me and especially at such a young age um and i'm gonna kind of buck the norm and go do this because 
for no other reason than it feels good. Like it makes me feel good inside, which is a, you know, a lot of times I think for young men, it's a new feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. at least I know for me, I can speak to that. It was very like challenging to understand, you know, what, what you feel about something or even, even taking a second to reflect on it is a big step. You know what I mean? Like that's just not quote unquote normal. So mm. for you to do that in high school, especially after having like an ath- you know, athletics and being around sports and, you know, masculine sort of like, like you said, tough guy uh, image is, is big, big time. So that's cool, dude. So what, what transpired from there on out? And, and also uh, I talked about this in another podcast, but like I did, I can not read well. I mean, I can read, but it's like slow and I have, you know, it's hard for me to really like take in a lot of information when I'm reading it. So, mm-hmm. um, but that being said, their books can have a, massive impact like one book can change the course of your life literally which is Mm -hmm. kind of what it sounds like is happening here so just want to throw that out there for any listeners who are non-readers uh what's nice nowadays is there's tons of ways to digest information and so you can you know probably find videos of people reading to you if you are a visual type person you know right um so cool, man. So you read, you're reading the book, you're graduating high school. And then what are you doing in your time? Um, had you started getting back into jujitsu or were you yeah. doing jujitsu all the way up through while you were wrestling? Yeah. Um, so at some, at some point I, I had like, uh, back to the WWE, um, like Brock Lesnar, is a big WWE guy and he ended up fighting in the UFC a few times doing really well. Um, and so I saw that and that kind of inspired me to start training, uh, other martial arts than wrestling. I, you know, I guess wrestling is a sport, but it's also a martial art. Um, and so kind of still around in the middle school phase, I had trained like, uh, like two years of, uh, boxing and jujitsu. And I was really into that. But, uh, but then, like I said, towards the end of my senior year, I was like, yeah, man, what am I going to do after, uh, what am I going to do after school? I know, I know I'm not, I'm not going to go to college. So what am I going to do? Um, and just like you said that, uh, reading, I don't know if you said it, but it's like reading can save you years of your life. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you're, I'm spending this time reading this book. It seems like a waste of time, but in reality, like the the whole uh, I think maybe again back to the like changing directions versus quitting. It's like if you're able to like make the the correct change in direction uh, just from like the time you spent reading a book, and then that time spent reading the book can save you, you know, decades of your life. Yeah, that's a great point, man. That's a great point. Um, and so I guess I just, from that reading, I kind of like, in I, th- I think it's like every, like when I, I started, um, I started training jujitsu again. Um, and it's like I, a classic thing where it's like so many white belts want to own their own gym and teach and do all this stuff. 
But I think I was just very fortunate to have had all those like that experience of like training in my youth and um, reading the books and that stuff. And so I kind of was able to like see farther out. Um, not I, I, I don't know. Um, like I I've been training for six years now straight. And I, you know, I don't uh, I still don't own a gym. I still I'm not I'm not coaching yet but I know that that's like coming in my future. And so like everything I'm doing right now is really just preparation for that. Yeah. So two things I just want to touch on UFC for anybody listening that doesn't know is the ultimate fighting championship, right? That's what it stands for, which is like, mm-hmm. uh, you've probably seen it now, but years ago it was kind of an underground sport. Now it's very much mainstream. Um, Brock Lesnar was a WWE fighter which is basically show business. Um, but they, most of those guys who are on there have a, you know, collegiate background in actual wrestling. And then he transitioned over to UFC as well. So if anybody was wondering, that's kind of what he's touching on there. And also uh, jujitsu as like, I believe every martial art uh, has levels, which are typically, um, identified as your belt color. So white belt is like, uh, it would be like a rookie jujitsu practitioner. Uh, and then there's how many, how many belts are there? Uh, so it's white, blue, purple, brown, and black. So it'd be okay. five. So black being the black belt being like the expert level, uh, white belt being like the entry point. So, um, there's probably something before white too, right? Or is there, is that just like your first day you get a white belt? Yeah. First day one, you get okay. the white belt. Day one, you get a white belt. Cool. Uh, just to clarify that. Cause I know, I know people will be curious and asking. So, um, so you start training jujitsu and now, nowadays you're full-time um, jujitsu athlete, right? Yeah. Competitor. I still, uh, yeah. I, I still, uh, I have, I have other, I've had another job. I've always had other jobs while I'm training. Um, but yeah, the main focus is, uh, competing, you know, I always wake up super early, um, just to do my training first, you know, or right when I get off work and then I go train and it's the last thing I do before I go to bed. Um, and even while I'm at work, I'm just like thinking about it all the time, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. not like, not like, oh, I see a person and I'm like, oh, how can I jujitsu him? But it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's the like misconception. People think you're like thinking about how to like attack Choke other somebody people. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least in my experience, it's nothing like that at all. Yeah. Um, and I see it more like uh, if you're like a, a piano player or a guitar player, it's like there's chords, you know, and uh, different uh, keystrokes and the way that like, your fingers are moving. Um, it's, I mean, like, like that's more or less how my brain works. It's like, there's different positions and movements and techniques. And so I'll just kind of like visualize it for, for in my mind, uh, for lack of, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, comparison musician to fighter you know, or grappler, I guess, uh, would be a better, better word to describe that. Cool, man. So what, uh, 
so so sorry just to re- recap so you graduate high school you obviously probably got a job doing something and then but your main focus has been training training for jujitsu and training your mind to perform when you have a competition is that fair to say yeah totally um yeah just uh, continuing reading as much as i could uh I got really into audiobooks for a long time that I don't do as much anymore. Um, but they're always good. I think, um, just, uh, whether, whether I was like walking or, uh, working out or doing the laundry or even at work when I could, you know, I was a dishwasher for a while. So I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't recommend you, uh, you put your headphones in while you're at work always, but I mean, that's what I was doing a lot of for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, all right. So let's fast forward to like, I think that was, thanks for breaking down your backstory. Cause I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's more detail that, uh, we omitted, but like, I, I think it's cool that you went from, you know, quitting your wrestling team mid season to now being a professional I mean, for lack of a better term, wrestler, right? Like I know yeah. wrestling and jujitsu are different, but you're still competing on a, on a more professional level. So what does that look like? And what's kind of like the day in the life of, uh, somebody who based, you know, fights other people for <laughs> glory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also how does your brain injury or, not injury, I guess that's probably the wrong word, but your brain tumor affect that and does it affect that? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, yeah, so not to go too in, I mean, honestly, my day my days look pretty pretty similar. Um, every day is just a grind, more or less. Waking up super early, going to bed as early as I can, just so I can get super up early, early. Like what? I mean, today I got up at two two a.m. Um, <laughs> Uh, but normally there's a 6 a.m. class uh, at Impact Jiu-Jitsu and then at my current gym, Subculture, uh, they have 6 a.m. classes. So really, in my mind, I'm always like, that's why I'm getting up early to go to a class. So, so you're up this morning four hours before training starts. Well, before class starts. Right. <laughs> and what are you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I mean, really just organizing, uh, like, making space in my, you know, I think like a, a cluttered room leads to a cluttered mind. Uh, yeah. maybe that's just me, but so I'm always trying to like make space, uh, in my life in general so that I can allow like more jujitsu to come into my life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then also obviously doing things like stretching and just warming up and, uh, meal prepping, basic things like that, um, that are really important for longevity, um, study. What what is, uh, what kind of meal prep? What what are you eating? What are you fueling that machine with? Yeah. (laughs) So right now, actually, as a, um, just, I started training with my, uh, new coach, Steve Silvers. Um, and he really got me into a vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as of like, maybe like six or seven months ago, I've just been eating the same 25 foods pretty much every day that I actually 
really enjoy. I love it. I don't. It's. I feel great. But um, I eat a lot of tofu. I eat a lot of oatmeal. Um, there's this vegetarian. I mean, there, I eat a vegetarian protein powder. Um, you know, there uh Kodiak power waffles. I eat a lot of those. Um, you know, fruit and peanut butter. I really like. Um, hmm. That's the bulk of what I'm eating. Uh, key, a lot of quinoa. Yeah, so a lot of whole foods, a lot of you know minimally processed uh, fruits and veggies. It sounds like mm-hmm. tofu. I mean, doesn't that give you like estrogen? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to the other episodes, but ironically, I didn't even know you followed a vegetarian diet but uh everybody that's been on here so far including me is basically vegan um or plant-based you know i think uh vegan has got a bad rep uh mutation as a word but that's that's interesting um i don't you know for the listeners disclaimer that's not a requirement to listen or be a fan or get any value from the show but um that's just you know that's just interesting to me there's a ton of hype around it right now. Uh, and, you know, it's, de- I mean, it sounds weird to say this, but for me, it changed a lot of things in my life when I switched my diet. Um, and not all physical, actually, most not physical. Mm-hmm. So just kind of the way you process things and think about things. Uh, it's a little bit of a sidebar, maybe for another episode. But, uh, okay, so you're eating clean. You're meal prepping in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to spoil, but I know you do a lot of med- meditation and journaling. And is that by design or is that just like something that you started doing recently? Like what, what are you, what's the value that you get out of that? Cause this show is about not just interesting backstories and overcoming, you know, brain tumors, but like what are some app applicable things that somebody who's interested in making some changes to their day-to-day might be able to pick up one or two things from, you know, a few different people and, and see how it can help them follow the path. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the, I, a good place to start, I think is, uh, I really started journaling by, uh, by writing down jujitsu techniques. (laughs) That was how I initially, I became a, like, for lack of better terms, I became obsessed with journaling. Um, and it was just one of those things where I, I instantly saw a translation between like, when I wrote things down, my brain connected, like something about the action and the, the, the thought. like, again, back to the visualizing while I was at work, like it all kind of goes into one. And when I would go to train, it was almost as if I had done more reps or I had been training, like my, my mind was telling my body what to do. And so it was, I feel like it just builds that mind body connection. Um, yeah. And then, uh, to like specific journaling things, other than just writing jujitsu technique down, if you're, if you don't train jujitsu, obviously, or, uh, but, um, the big, I, the one nowadays, the main, the main journaling I do, I try not to spend as much time. I used to be like obsessed and spend too much time during maybe not too much, but a lot of time journaling. Um, the big ones I do right now are, uh, gratitude. I write 10, I wake up every morning. I write down 10 things I'm grateful for. 
Uh, and for me, that just like, I'm now focused on what's good in my life. And, right. you know, negative things happen all the time, but it's like making the choice to refocus on the good. I, and like the mind body connection on what's good is really powerful. Um, I love that. And then uh, making the choice to focus on the good. Yeah. It is a choice, isn't it? It is definitely. Um, the next, uh, the next one that I do is, uh, it's like, how am I improving today? Uh, and that kind of goes back to when, when I was like, when I started reading, and I felt good inside and I was like, oh, I'm not doing this for external approval. It's like an internal reward kind of when I, yeah. I, every morning I'll write down 10 ways that I'm going to improve, you know, whether that's going to work or whether it's like doing push-ups or training or eating healthy food or even messaging people and like reaching out and uh, like spreading positive vibes. Uh, I'll just write down 10 like intentions for the day that I know are like going, I'm going to, I'm going to make gains or benefit from, you know? Um, Yeah. It's kind of a selfish thing, but I, like it's it, it I feel like if you don't give yourself like the fuel to to give back to other people you aren't in you know it's like putting on your own uh your own oxygen mask before the person next yeah year. 100% man 100% that's awesome that's awesome well there you go there's a couple of uh actionable steps anybody can take i mean you don't need any special journal uh you don't need it you know a handmade pen or a feather pen for calligraphy. Like we talk about this sometimes where it's people get in the way of doing the thing because they think they need something to do that with, you know? And what I love about where, what you're talking about and, and a lot of our guests have talked about is like, you don't need anything special. You, you're going to go for a run, you put on your shoes and you go, you, you, you want a journal? I mean, find a piece of paper if you don't have a specific book that you want to write in or, you know, use um, a notepad. I mean, everybody has paper and a pen. Or if you don't, it's very easy to get for basically very little money, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, giving gratitude, you don't even need to write that down if you don't have the means to do that. But you can, you can speak those things into the universe and also – you can, um, what do they say? It's like, it's impossible to be angry and grateful at the same time or or negative and positive at the same time. Right. So it's the same concept there. Like you don't really need anything to get the ball rolling. At least I'm sure if you're a daily journaler, uh, you probably have a journal. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a daily meditator, maybe you have a meditation pillow that you prefer to sit on or or something like that. But you don't need any of that stuff to get started. You just got to start. And so so how long before you really got yourself in a routine? I mean, anybody that wakes up at two in the morning is a routine oriented person. Um, so like, was that a kind of an immediate switch for you or did you evolve into that to where you are now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I definitely evolved. It's, it's, you know, I've definitely evolved to the point where I'm, I'm now, I, I don't like 
time is not really a concept to me. It's like just just say when and where, and I'll make it happen. Um, yeah, but I I feel really blessed that uh, like Impact, the original gym I trained at, had the had a six a.m. class uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and for me that was like the perfect thing. Like just okay, three times a week, wake up early enough to go to this class, and what. Well, I'm not certain exactly how you phrased it, but it's, uh, I think you said it earlier. It's something about like, uh, I, I look like, uh, building momentum. You kind of made me think of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like your momentum is either taking you down or up. Oh yeah. And so yep. yeah, just to me, that was like, uh, waking up early and journaling and all these things are just, it's just combining, uh, like an upward momentum. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I love that. It's, uh, it's easy to look at somebody like yourself and go, Oh, well this dude just must be the most, you know, disciplined or the most, you know, like he's not normal <clears throat> for lack of a better term. No offense. But, <laughs> you know, you look, some, somebody might from the outside be looking at you like, yeah, well that's cool for him. But like for me, but it, you didn't start there. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't and nobody does. That's the thing. Like you don't um, nobody wakes up one morning and, and is, you know, a marathon runner or a power lifter lifting, you know, breaking records or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what what the thing is. But, you know, the old adage of like the overnight success that took 20 years to get there. And it's 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 baby steps always in everything, your life, your career, your relationships, your, you know, anything that you're doing, there isn't some grand thing that happens and, you know, snap your fingers and makes it a reality, but it's just a lot of little baby steps in the right direction. And then you sort of get the wave or the push behind you and the momentum's building. And next thing you know, you're, you know, this is who you are. You've become, what you were aspiring to be. And even then there's a lot more um, ground to make up. Right. It's just like, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. So I read this book uh, the end of last year called atomic habits. And he talks about that where it's like human beings love to set a goal and achieve the goal. So one of the things he's talking about is a marathon, which is one of the things that I'm working on right now. And he's like, people say, I'm going to run a marathon. They don't say I'm going to become a runner by running four or five days a week. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But really that's what it takes. And by the time you get to run the marathon, you're just a runner, right? Like you've done all the work to build up to that. So it's not as, it's not as cut and dry. And then the problem with just goal setting is that you, once you achieve that goal, how many people run a marathon and then never run again? Right. Mm-hmm. My hand, my hands raised, dude, I ran a marathon a couple years ago. And just the other day I ran the longest since that day, since that day. So, and it wasn't even very far. So the point being like these little incremental changes can really have a massive effect. And then it, it seems to me, and I'll stop ranting after this, but uh, if you can implement a few things, those few things produce the results and 
put you on the path to, you know, a happier life. I mean, that's the goal of this is to help people figure out uh, ways to be happier. So absolutely. I think you're, you, I, I think would be a testament to that. Like you, you've become a daily gratitude giver, a, you know, setting your 10 intentions, journaling. Uh, you talked before, before this conversation, a little bit about your, your, your mind body connection, but also adding a third layer to mm-hmm. that. You want to, you want to expand upon that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, totally. And that, I think the, the goal portion is the perfect entry to it. Uh, the, uh, to me, like the, the missing piece for a long time was the heart. So it's mind, body, heart. Um, and I think if your mind isn't right and your body isn't right, it's really hard to actually be in touch with your heart. Um, or your soul, if you will. And I'm not going to claim to understand it or totally like be able to verbalize what that means. But there is definitely like, a, I guess I'll just call, call it a spiritual element. Um, and, you know, when you when you set the goal to do the thing, uh, to me, it's like, I think character building is maybe another word that's good for it. Uh, to where it's like, um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's not like I'm no longer like a, you know for a long time when I competed and trained jujitsu, like I was like I want to be like the best jujitsu guy. I want to like win this and do that. Uh, but at a certain point, it was like that was no longer fueling my. It wasn't serving my journey. Um, and that was all just in my mind and my body, you know. And I just I wanted it so badly, and that like initially was the the thing that gave me momentum to get to the point where I can now I feel I'm much more in touch with my heart and I can feel uh that that third layer that I can I can feel life deeper it honestly feels that way to me um and it's a feel it's a feeling is the big thing but uh um sorry I kind of lost myself I lost myself a bit there but oh man that's that's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Oh, the, sorry. The, um, the few, like you're, yeah. Switching, uh, my mindset and my journey from like to uh, another, I think <laughs> it's, it comes back to service for me is the big thing nowadays. Um, cause if, if I, the jujitsu community is such a tight knit community, and everybody come like everybody knows each other everybody comes from somebody else and all the all the techniques and the moves it's like i didn't make up anything you know Uh, and so if i didn't have if i wasn't connected to these people like i I would be nothing and so like at some point you you kind of at least for me i kind of got i mean everybody has an ego so i'm not gonna pretend like i i you know, I got over myself at some point. I feel like I still, I still want to do really well. I still, whatever, I want to be the man. I want to win everything. But at some point, um, I had to get over myself and realize that, okay, without like loving the people who have given me so much and without giving back to them and giving back to the other people who want to be a part of this community and want to help it grow, um, without that uh you're you're i feel like i'm missing the point like i'm missing every i i miss everything right right is that something that's tied to like the just 
sort of the cultural concept of martial arts as a as a whole i think so um it's tough to say because i'm i i don't have experience with too many other martial arts but from what i can tell um that seems to be the general vibe of the martial arts community or culture if you will yeah it's like there's a balance between competitiveness and respect Mm -hmm. you know like like and I think that probably translates to a lot of different aspects of life where you're, you have to check your ego before you can really take that next step. You know, like, like, uh, I can't think of a, of a metaphor for that, but like your ego will take you a certain distance, but then removing that from the equation is what's going to get you where you're trying to go. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like raw talent and hard work. It's like your talent's going to get you to a certain level, but anybody that's talented is not going to become the, like any of any, the best is always super talented and works the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching this documentary on tiger woods this morning. Um, Cause I get up early, but for different reasons, uh, probably my puppy usually uh, <laughs> <The> good reason <laughs> and uh and i was watching this thing and that dude i mean arguably the greatest golfer of all time but also arguably the hardest working golfer of all time you know so uh, so it's kind of the same thing in my in my opinion um as to what you're saying like yeah. you you have to you have to be doing it for a greater reason than just to mm. win no the a quote that comes to mind is like uh it's like my opponent is my teacher and my ego is my enemy um mm. and so it's like you know being being the best whatever that means it's almost not even a real thing because it's it, it's just a right. moment in time and it's just a comparison to other people and that's another good quote is comparison is the greatest thief of joy. And so it's like, if you're constantly yeah. comparing yourself to other people, eh, uh, you're going to have a hard time enjoying what you're doing. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it's, in my opinion, it's hard to be the best you that you can be. Yeah, man. Damn dude. We covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. You still nervous? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, you're doing awesome, man. I think uh, you dropped a lot of gems in there, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it resonates with somebody or a few people. I'm, that's one of the things I'm learning with this podcast is just you never really know what's going to hit with certain mm-hmm. people. And so just trying to have relevant conversations with people that I think are interesting uh, and are not only interesting, but willing to come on and share their story and be vulnerable. And uh, like we said before, talk about feelings, which is scary uh, for a lot of folks and, and what makes them tick. And then, you know, the listeners, whoever those are, however many those are, I don't even really know um but hopefully something sticks with somebody and in a faraway place can can have a little like aha moment you know 
maybe it's the journaling or maybe it's the, you know, uh, audio books, or maybe it's the, the gratitude list or writing things down or whatever it is, uh, to help them, help them improve their quality of life. Cause to me, that's what it's all about, man. Absolutely. That's what it's all about and being happy. So you got any, uh, any matches coming up with like, how, how has COVID affected, uh, jujitsu competitions or has it? Yeah, no, I technically right now, everything is like, it's underground or illegal to be honest. Um, gotcha. Yeah, uh, well then we'll just leave yeah. it at that. dude. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> um, um, Cool, man. Well, anything else that you want to share? We're coming up on an hour, which is pretty damn good. Uh, didn't feel like that long at all, but anything else you want to share with anybody that, you know, maybe looking for looking for uh, something to add to their their daily routine or their life that that's had a profound impact on you that we haven't already talked about? Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, it feels like everything things out there. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it's good to me, man. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show, sharing your story. I look forward to hopefully meeting you one day uh, in person when uh, when I come back to Portland uh, post. Who knows, man? When when the whole world's vaccined, I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, and shaking your hand, man, and saying thank you. So, lots of gratitude sending your way. Uh, appreciate you you sharing with everybody and i'm gonna keep an eye on uh on your success man because i'm sure there's tons of it coming your way so appreciate yeah, thanks you. for having me on no this is uh this is awesome this is amazing so i really like what you're doing with this podcast i think it's unique and uh i think it's powerful so that's awesome love it dude well thanks have a great sunday and uh we'll talk great. soon man you too brother Woo! That was a good episode. Had an awesome time recording it. Um, I think Joey has a ton of wisdom, well beyond his years. He uh, he's a young, dedicated, um, introspective person with a lot of wisdom. So I hope you enjoyed. I uh, hope you found some nuggets that maybe you can implement into your life to increase your PMA or just feel good. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. The support's been unreal. And uh, we'll have more good episodes for you in the future. Keep spreading that PMA.